Production. Recorded live. And hello, everybody. It's uh, April 29, 2015. I'm Eric Clancy alongside Patrick Kelly. And ladies and gentlemen, the long-awaited website is finally here at www.thebrainosaur.com. <clears throat> that is um, how you would spell it. Brain, O, as in the letter O, <clears throat> sore like the end of dinosaur. And remember the the at the beginning. Uh, if you're confused of what that's a reference to, it is a um, <clears throat> extremely silly weapon Tony Stark invents in an early issue of S.H.I.E.L.D. from, I would say, 1968. Uh, a Strange Tales comic, actually. It's not S.H.I.E.L.D. yet, but that's one of the stories. They had Strange, uh, Doctor Strange and uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. were the two um, titles they had in those late Strange Tales uh, issues. But So that's the name of the site, um, which kind of reflects how the kind of dork I am, but um, so we'll be having. I don't want to see that weapon in Age of Ultron now. It um, it's it's really funny because the <laughs> the um, uh, the visual on it, like the bad guys, like I wonder what the brainosaur is, and it's ridiculous. And he dreams it up, and he, he like thinks about it in his mind. And they show it; it's like a fucking floating dinosaur that like attacks people, and then you see the real thing, and it's like kind of a. Uh, it's like a drone with like a a movable head that can take off bombs. It's not cool at all. It's it's really weird and stuff. But so yeah, that was um uh that that's that's the the namesake. So, ladies and gentlemen, hey, for new stories from us, from new um uh podcasts, Weekday Wars of Wrestling. Um, in fact, there's a Weekday Wars of Wrestling uh, icon at the top right of the website. If you go to that now. And if you click it, it'll show you in order, starting with the most recent, the episodes as we post them. It won't have, like, archived episodes. You'll have to go to the TalkShoe website for those. So if you're really interested in going back in time and listening to old Weekday Wars of Wrestling, you can still do that. You just won't be able to do it on the website. But from now on, it will be um, it will be in order there, and you can see them all. And we'll also have other stories and funny things, and maybe we'll talk about music or movies, whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, it should be it should be good. Um, make sure you like it on Facebook. It's the Brainosaur, um, and just subscribe, like, do all the social media crap because that's what you need to do in this day and age. And for us to we get more uh, viewers, we're able to do more stuff. It works out well for everybody. So thank you for supporting us through this, and just check out the site regularly. Um, <clears throat> so. After that, after all that uh, housekeeping, uh, let's get right into it, Patrick. Uh, thankfully, I, I, I missed a lot of wrestling this week because I was at um, the Yankee-Met game, uh, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. I was there on um, Sunday night, and <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking about. Like, where would I – where when was Sunday Night Baseball? And um, uh, Monday night, I just – I wasn't uh, – I was actually at an event, so – uh, I missed both of those things live, and I mean, I don't. Uh, I mean, how was Extreme Rules live? Um, I liked the first hour. I <laughs> mean, uh, early on, the earlier matches I thought were actually pretty solid, and it was overall like a pretty, you know, not stellar, but uh, just a fun, high energy, you know, level show. And then once the bigger matches kicked in, I felt like things kind of died off because it went into the same. Uh, 
you know, the Cena-Rusev match, we all knew Cena was going to win, so that match was boring because of it. Uh, Reigns and Show, we all knew Reigns was going to win, so that match was kind of boring because of it. They gave him 19 minutes for that thing. Yeah, they did, and it, it, it felt longer. It really did. Um, the last three minutes were good because they did a lot of crazy, you know, table spots and shit, but yeah, it, it was a long road to get there. Oh, and Rollins' finisher is just so bad now. Yeah, I, I do like that he used the RKO to win the match. I thought that was a yeah, nice yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, what is he going to do? do? But... Is he going to like? Is he going to keep like just stealing people's finishers? Because I mean, I get that they're like, oh, the concussion stuff. But like, okay, everything in the like Big Show punches you in the face like with his giant brick hand. What? And you're worried about the curb stop? Like. Ugh. And I'll say this as well. If you were going to take the curb stomp away from him, maybe you should have lined up another finisher for him before you did that. Just so, because yeah. it's like that's so, nothing. It's so bad. It's, what, is, what even is it? It's like a side pedigree that looks worse. <laughs> um, yeah, I, did, I, I don't even know. And another thing with Seth, and I really I had this thought while watching the pay-per-view, his theme song needs to change because that thing is not good. I agree. It's very like it's very Video like game WCW. Create a wrestler. It's very like yeah, it's very like WCW where like if it wasn't like you have no idea who it could be. Like unless you really know it's Seth Rollins, which you do because the production's good. Remember when WCW music was hit and because of the way the thing was, you couldn't really even hear the music. Like the only things you could hear would be like Goldberg's and the Wolfpack and like kind of the NWO. But we with WWE, the production is so good that you always, like, know who's coming out the second mm. it hits, like, the first chord. With, like, with WCW, it's like, oh, who's coming? Oh, it's Bret Hart. And, like, Bret Hart had been there for, like, two years. And you're like, oh, I don't know what it sounds like. I know it has that, like, at the end but or in the middle, but I really don't know his music. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the WCW themes just didn't really have – uh, they they weren't very memorable at all, except for like that handful there. It was Wolfpack, uh, Goldberg, and NWO. That's and the Sting Crow theme, but that's about it. Yeah, but you still didn't even know what was happening until he like right. came out. You're like, what? Um, is there anybody else? Kidman's wasn't like distinctive or anything, but he's like, dun, 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 dun. it was like you kind of like when it was happening. You're like, oh yeah, that's Kidman's music. I heard before. Ray Mysterio and Dean Malenko had virtually the same theme song. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> it was like, I think a lot oh, of the Cruiserweights. Didn't the Cruiserweights change, like, you know, switch theme songs with each other for a bit? Yeah, maybe. Eddie had that, like, flamenco theme where it was like, boom, 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 boom. You know, it was like kind of like, like Caribbean smoke on the water. <laughs> That's a great way to describe it. <laughs> um... Yeah, they were terrible at music. Yeah, no, I, I agree. He needs something else, which is funny since Triple H is molding him after himself. Triple H went through like four different theme songs before settling on the game and using that forever. Yeah. Uh, Remember? You, you better take the finger off the trigger, Mr. Dumb. Mr. Dunn. <laughs> yeah, and before he had that one, he went through about two or three that didn't really work. Yeah. So it was like it was it was kind of it was almost Seth Rollins. You remember the one right after he split from DX and they didn't really have anything and it was like it was like no 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 it was it was really bad. It was really generic. I remember that, yeah. 
Because he had some, because um, I remember he started off with like the, dun, 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 you know, the um, the 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 wedding uh, song. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, he had that one. Whatever it is, where we know we're cultured. Um, and then he then he did something else, and then he did um, God Save the Queen, or like the um, like that orchestral version. You know what I'm talking about, right? Right, <laughs> like, right. I'm terrible at describing these things. Then of course he went. To the They're in the public like, domain, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, you're right. Seth does need to to get a thing, but God, the finisher first. Finisher, finisher, because oof, woof. Yeah, your finisher. Um, and it's bizarre. Again, uh, going back to my earlier point, it's like they just the WWE. They just do things without thinking. It's like, oh, we gotta take that away from Seth. It's too dangerous. Blah blah blah. All right, what's his new finisher? Well, yeah, oh. what, what are, what's your backup plan there, WWE? <laughs> I mean, can he start using the Phoenix Splash? Is that going to be his finisher? Because that'd be nope. Kind of... Can't do that. That's his Uber finisher. That's like Orton's punt or Taker's jumping tombstone. He can't use that unless it's like, you know, <laughs> unless uh, it's, it's thing doesn't work or something. Yeah, or or like Cena's like top rope attitude adjustment where he's like, ugh, I've hit this like twice. Uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of Cena and Rusev though, which we weren't right then, but I got to talk about it. Like this is um this is never ending. They're doing four pay per views with these guys. Yeah, and is Rusev just gonna get fed to him again? Yeah, of course. Cena's not gonna lose that. It's like Rusev won the first one, so and it was kind of clean, so they're like, No, 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 we need to erase that, but I think Cena beat him ten thousand times. Well why did you have him beat him in the first place? Why didn't you just have him like like it, it just I don't know. I don't know why they do anything that they do. Because, like, I, I see real, like, promise with Rusev. And theoretically, you could be like, put him over Cena and then get him over. But they they won't do that. It's like with Brock. Like, they, he threw Cena around and like, oh, no, never mind. Let's negate that the next month by doing, you know, the exact fucking opposite thing. Oh, remember what they did the next night? Where they had him basically squash the Wyatt family? Yeah, that was smart. That helped everyone. Their company is very healthy because of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they he's gonna he's, he's gonna look weak. He's gonna look weak. God damn it! Get him out there! Damn it! Get out there! Have him beat the raw roster again. Oh God! And unfortunately, when you do things like that, you get left with situations like, um, you know, Cena gets stuck without any heels to work with, and other faces have no heels to work with like Daniel Bryan because, you know, Cena's kind of chewed them all up and spit them all out. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, my goal is, it's funny because Vince is like, well, you remember when he had that podcast with, with um, Austin and he was, and he said, and Austin's like, you're always looking for new stars, right? And Vince's like, hey, yeah, always. So I was like, hey, Vince, here's a funny idea. You know how you can get new stars? Put somebody, God, for anybody over. It's just like, they. They have all these opportunities with guys like Cesaro or Rusev or Lesnar or whoever, and they're just like, eh, fuck it. Let's just keep John Cena over. Yeah, and I, you mentioned Cesaro, and watching that tag match at Extreme Rules, that was one of the better tag matches I've seen from the WWE in a long time. And it's it's fucking like Cesaro and Kid versus the New Day. You don't really go into that match with too high of expectations. They went out there and did really well, and Cesaro looked like a beast. And I'm just sitting there thinking... You can't think of anything to do with that? Seriously? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you know, 
Um, all right. So I guess they're going four because Cena lost once, and that that can never happen. Uh, what else? Um, so yeah, extreme rules. I mean, I guess the positive thing is Seth like goes over, and you know they're. I guess they're interested in building him up to be somebody. But the problem is, and I've said this about Roman Reigns, I've said about whoever would be in that like kind of spot, uh, you need other people to work with them. And I guess they're going to do some more stuff with Randy Orton and, and Seth Rollins, but what next? Because all I see is Cena, Big Show, Kane, and Roman Reigns. And my God, I can't believe it's 2015 and these storylines are like hinging on Kane. Is this a thing that we're still doing? Is this is this this is a valuable member that we need to have woven into these these tales they're telling us? Yeah, it's really bizarre. Even the main event, the steel cage match, uh, Kane was kind of the linchpin to the whole story they were trying to tell. And uh, again, I'm sitting there watching it, going, "It's a." It's a goddamn cage match. There's not supposed to be any interference. I mean, that's been killed for dead, dead and buried for years, so it's no worth, no use complaining about it now. But, again, it's like they have this world title match. It's Seth's first pay-per-view title defense, and Kane is the main focus of the whole thing. Yeah. It's, it's um, I, I don't know. Like, like, him and Big Show have been used way too much for guys that cannot work essentially are, are refrigerators as far as heat. It's just like, and with big show fucking a, if I see another goddamn last man standing match where it's like some gimmicky finish, like, do you remember the good last man standing matches where like people just beat the shit out of each other and then they won and everything else. Oh, triple H Jericho? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I tied him down. No, I mean like even, even when like the match was better, so I'm not going to be like, even like King Cuerno and Drago, um, or Drago rather, um, he's like holding him down. I mean, I guess it's better cause he's like choking him and stuff, but it's still like, can we just be like, and especially in that match. And I, I, once again, I like that match, but the thrill of the hunter, the table should have been the finish. You know, that would have been like, Okay. You just got Michinoku drivered off the apron through a table. You're out for ten, pal. You are done. Is that like? It, it goes back to my bias of like, like finishers are so worthless in this day and age, and and like the finishes don't mean anything anymore. And I just wish people would establish. I wish we could dial it back a notch from like the ECW days when they'd be like, oh god, he just shot him in the face with a gun, and oh, he pinned him with a five star frog splash. You know, it just uh, it just takes you out of there every once in a while. You know. Actually, that's a, a pretty decent segue. I don't know if you listened to Austin's podcast where he talked about the Neville Dolph Ziggler match from a couple weeks ago, but I thought Austin basically voiced what we've been talking about. Uh, you know, where yes. moves don't mean as much as they used to. And I, I fully agree with Austin on that. And I did like that Ziggler-Neville match, but, you know, his basic point there was completely right. I didn't hear that. I So tell me about that right now. I did hear when he talked about Cena, he, like he asked people, uh, somebody asked him how he felt about Cena using the springboard stunner. And he said, I, I think it's fine if you pin somebody with it, establish it. Otherwise, it's just another random move in his arsenal. But go ahead. Uh, tell me what he said about the Neville-Ziggler match. Well, it's basically the same thing, where uh, Ziggler hit this jumping DDT, which I've seen him do a lot, and Neville sold it he like does, crazy. He does it every match. He does it every match. And, exactly, yeah, and, and Neville, he never beats anybody with it. So yeah, well, the move well, meant nothing. Neville, and, go ahead. 
I was just going to say Neville's one of the best DDT sellers. Like him and RVD, like are my favorite guys to sell a DDT. Yeah, it looks sick. And Austin, uh, when he talked about the match, he said, you know, that DDT looks sicker than the zigzag, yet the zigzag was the finish, and it felt like a bit of an anticlimax. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of guys. I mean, I was watching, again, this is another match that involves Neville. I was watching him and Bad News Barrett on the pre-show of Extreme Rules. Again, not a bad match, but, you know, Neville kicks out of the wasteland, and he kicks out of the winds of change, and everybody's acting like this is a big deal. The commentators are going, oh, my God, look at this. And it takes me out of it because I see everybody kick out of both of those moves, so those moves mean nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's – yeah, I mean, we we talk about it every week. We say it all the time, and we're like broken records, and, you know – Ziggler does the super kick, the jumping DDT, and the Famouser, and, like, they never win. And people he does a top rope face buster. Yeah, and it's just, like, it's, like, you never, like, these people are stupid, but it's eventually going to wear thin. And it's going to, you know, and for people watching on TV, it's, like, it's, like, geez, just win a match with these things so they, they get, so they, you get the move over. I, I hate to sound like a curmudgeon because I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm under 30, uh, but by the same token, it's just like nobody looks at these shows as a whole anymore. It's like a whole, you know how like a chef like curates your meal. If you go to like a nice place and there's like a tasting menu or something like, oh, you know, this pasta is followed by this, this um, uh, white fish, which, you know, uh, the palate's going to be a little cleansed by, by, you know, I put cilantro on it, whatever, you know, you know, he curates your meal. Um, you know, wrestling promoters used to do that, and it used to be like, okay, you know, we've got a big match at the at the the main event. It's a first blood match. We can't have blood anywhere else in the show. And you know, they curate the stuff, so the, so it fucking makes sense when you're watching it. You look at sounding like Jim Cornette, but the um, <clears throat> you know, you look at these matches, and half the things don't even like make sense. With everybody uses a goddamn super kick, like everybody in the world, like the super kick is the most worthless move in the world anymore. Which is funny because it used to be like one of the most over things. I guess since Shawn Michaels retired, it's just up for grabs. But everybody uses a super kick. They don't mean anything anymore. Everybody just does them. Um, so the move's essentially dead. Everybody has 19 transitional moves that never work. And it's like people are getting hit with these things that beat them in some matches, don't beat them in. Nobody thinks about these things. For all the dumb rules that they enforce, like the dumb locker room etiquette, like, oh, you've got to shake everybody's hand or your asshole or, you know, all the weird stuff that they do and the, and the big over-the-top uh, facial expressions, they don't actually adhere to old tried-and-true ideas that actually help the business. And, I mean, the moves are are one of the things that, have been so sorely lacking as far as a commitment to them and getting them over. And that's the thing where squash matches would really help out with. I know. I'm such a a dork for squash matches. But, I mean, these matches are squash matches anyway. I mean, you look at the matches on Raw and stuff, like, are are you trying to tell me that, like, Ryback and Bo Dallas isn't a squash match anyway? Like, hey, why why not just have your guy that you want go over go over on a jobber so the talent – because, like, if Bo Dallas is there, Bo Dallas is getting squashed. But theoretically, if you want Bo Dallas to go over, Bo Dallas needs to squash him. But, he, like, you see, like, the uh, fucking idea behind it? Like, it, it, it's, it's not rocket science. And they 
they do this stuff all the time, and they act like it's not squash matches. They are squash matches. It's just the guys, Bo Dallas, Dolph Ziggler, Fondango, are your jobbers, and you're trying to also get them over, but you can't do both things, you know? You can't push them, and then they lose to somebody. You know, it, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, what else? Uh, anything interesting to talk about? Oh, God, it's going to be a triple threat match at the next uh, pay-per-view with, with Roman Reigns. He's back in the main event, so that should be fun for everyone. Woohoo! I... I mean, I would hope that Rollins would still walk out of the belt, uh, walk out of that pay-per-view with the title belt. But yeah, it's not that exciting. I feel like Rollins beat Orton at the last show, so that should be it. And Roman, as we said before, he probably shouldn't be in that spot. But then again, who does he work with next? Because they haven't really set up anybody either. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it would be like Seth and Roman after this. So. Good luck with that. Um, well, I'm I'm still hopeful that it's going to be Brock and Seth at SummerSlam. So yeah, yeah. The the problem with that is where do you go from there? Like, I guess Seth has to go over with that one because if he doesn't, then like, okay, then Brock leaves, like he always does. You know, it doesn't it doesn't really help anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's all. I oh, we got the. Uh, if we're looking for stuff to talk about, the King of the Ring tournament happened. Yes, it did. Um, which I never I understood why they couldn't do a full show. I mean, I, I get that they like, like you know, way the way they wouldn't bring the King of the Ring back. Like, I was always confused about that. But um, yeah, so um, uh, Barrett beat Neville in the finals. Yes. And 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 Barrett's the king. Which you know, I mean, it's it's. That's good because they're pushing a guy like Barrett, and maybe they can bring Barrett up to like a level where he can, you know, they they, they can do something with him more. Because it seems like they kind of like, you know, Barrett's been slowed, not really his fault, but by injuries, and he came back and well, good. I don't think he ever really recaptured the, um, I guess, the magic when he first started, like you know, you know, post WrestleMania 30 stuff. I'm talking about, um, right. Well, it doesn't help that they had him win the IC title, and then he never won because he had to job out in well, every single non-title. It's a, it's a monkey's paw. I mean, once you get that thing, you're cursed forever. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the same thing with the with the tag titles. Like, I saw somebody who was like, "Oh, I don't see what the problem is. They're the tag, uh, um, they're the tag team champions. Like, uh, why 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 do they have to?" Or they're, they're heels. They, what, what do they have to to win matches and stuff? I'm like, because even though they're bad guys, seemingly they're athletic and dangerous enough to win them in the first place. Like, it's like I, I I hate this. Like, and it's a WWE invention that heels have to be like awful at their job. They're just like terrible wrestlers. Like, I get you can have you know unsympathetic aspects to the heels, but you don't. They don't all have to be the wussiest people. You can have wuss characters and like cowards and stuff, but every heel doesn't need to be a coward, which is so fucking funny because you read, if anyone's ever read Jericho's second autobiography when he's in the WWE, he talks about adjusting to the WWE style, which he had a hard time doing from like August to like January, I guess, of 99. Um, And (laughs) he talks about, he's like, oh, you know, in WCW, you get hit with like a dropkick, then you stay down and sell. WWE, you get hit, then you come back up, you get hit again, you get hit again. And then he, he he's he's talking about this, and he's like, oh, you know, when I was 
in my debut, uh, I was being a little too silly at the end. WWE likes their heels to be serious. It wasn't like in WCW where my comedy would fly. I'm like, they're, and I'm like, serious heels? What are you talking about? Other than like Triple H, when do their heels ever win matches cleanly? I mean, like the idea that like Vince McMahon pushes these these um, uh, Killer Khan, Andre the Giant-esque heels that will crush everyone in their path is so laughable. It's like, what, who told you this, Jericho? That's why you're having a hard time adjusting. Someone was lying to you the whole time. <laughs> they probably were lying to him. Yeah, that's true. Um, excuse me. <laughs> uh, How dare he come from WCW? We hate everyone that comes from WCW. Yeah, you weren't. You weren't worth the, the paper your contract was printed on. Um... I think, um, what else were we talking about? Um, what were we just talking about? Oh, the King of the Ring. Oh, yeah, yeah, the King of the yeah, Ring. Yeah, which they didn't um, promote. I, I mean, I didn't even know it was happening until I saw a commercial for it on Extreme Rules. I was like, what What the fuck? They're doing the King of the Ring? Okay. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, I, they didn't do a great job. But they don't do a lot of, unless you're watching their programming, it's like, what is this shit hot? I mean, okay. Um... We have, then they tell you eight hundred times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen NXT because it's, it's was I think released like an hour and a half ago from when we started the show, so we can't really talk about that. I guess we can talk about last week's. Uh, yeah, it looks like um, at the NXT special, it's going to be Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens too for the title, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's what they. I mean, yeah, that's what, probably what it needs to be because that. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I thought they might save, like, um, I mean, they did it a few weeks ago, so they're not. But I thought initially it would be, like, Balor and Owens, and then maybe at the next special it would be Zane and Owens. But I guess, you know, they're doing they're doing that. And, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a yeah, smart Yeah, I think they move. did Balor and Owens when they did because they felt like they had to have a big match <laughs> WrestleMania week. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so, okay, so we've got Balor and, I'm sorry, um, Zane and Owens would be the main event. I guess we'd have Breeze and Balor in the. It's actually going to be yeah. It's going to be Breeze, Balor, and a Tommy in a three-way contenders match. That's a, that's a great idea because that weaves it all in. I I love Breeze's gimmick of like I'm not the indie darling, but I'm going to take all of you guys out. I think that's that's um, uh, I think his kind of uh, mission statement right now is pretty fantastic, and his. Uh, that two out of three falls match is fantastic with uh, Tommy. Yeah, it was. Um, I thought I, I thought like the match needed to be longer because I agree. Three... I agree. I was also shocked that he won. Were you? Did you see that coming? I thought Tommy was going over no question. Yeah, I agree because it looked like it was going to be the the feud ender, and naturally, I'm just conditioned in WWE to assume that the last match is going to have the, <laughs> the the face go over. So yeah, 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 I was pleasantly surprised that Breeze won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was great. I thought it was a great match. And he won clean. And, yeah, once again, NXT is booked by totally different people. So there you go. Um, well, they uh, actually know how to book monsters. I mean, Baron Corbin might be green, but at least he's he feels well, like he's pro- unbeatable. They protect him. And they, they, yeah, I mean, trust me, if Baron Corbin was pushed like Roman Reigns was right now, we would fucking hate him. But they they understand that you cannot do that, so they don't do that, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, Baron Corbin's protected because they understand his limitations. They understand what he can and can't do, and they're using him accordingly. Um, 
they they know how to use those guys. Like I mean, Cassidy and um, Enzo are just like are brilliant. I mean, as, as not only with, from a comedy standpoint, but from a work rate standpoint, because they're so interesting. Like I like the idea that Enzo's a terrible wrestler and he can't win on his own, but his friendship and his and the, and his best pal is going to like sacrifice himself for him and help him get the wins. And their their team basically works only because of Colin Cassidy, but by but God damn it, they're best friends and they're going to work it out. And I think that's fantastic. And I think it's such an interesting layer in development. And it just is, it's like, Oh my God, this is in the same company somehow. How is this existing? <laughs> you know, it's bizarre because it feels so different from the main WWE shows that some people seem to lose track that it actually is a WWE product. I was watching I Last week's show, and they had that terrific um, three-way match. It was Bailey, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch. I thought that match was great. And I did crap, too, but I had a problem with the finish. Um, well, we can talk about that. But uh, but at one point, the crowd started chanting "Better than the Divas," and I'm like, "They are the Divas." What? Yes. <laughs> what are you talking about? And that's not fair, and that's not the Divas' fault. Is what they're given because I mean, you know, Sarah Del Rey trained those girls up there too. So you know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just what they're being allowed to, what they're allowed to do up there. And like, quite honestly, I think Nikki Bella is very good right now in the ring. Um, it, really, the uh, problem with her is the consistency with her character because apparently she's a face now. They didn't tell us that, but that's what they're yeah. going with. I know, yeah, yeah. And, and the, the writing for that has been good, but I think Nikki, Nikki has improved really well in the ring. I think a lot of people defaulted to Bree like, oh, Bree's better because Bree's like you know the the earthy one and like goes to farmer's markets and stuff and is with Daniel Bryan. But uh, Nikki's been way better as far as like a hoss wrestler. Yeah, um, I agree. And uh, see, I can't believe people would say that Bree's better because she's really not. I, yeah, I think they just default to that. She's with Daniel Bryan thing. I think that's how simplistically people look at it. Um, okay. <clears throat> what else do we have here? Um, uh, yeah, but I mean the, the card. I think because I'm assuming we'll get uh, we'll get Blake and Murphy and Enzo and Cassidy. But I mean, you mentioned it. You like people are like, oh, how is it in the same company? I'll give you the magic words here. It's an hour long. There are squash matches, and shit is allowed to develop. I mean, like you see these guys, and like Baron Corbin is faces jobbers, and you know. Uh, Finn Balor faces jobbers and he goes, or, you know, lower level guys and he goes over and everybody goes over and you don't see everybody every week. So when you don't see someone for a while and then you see them again, you're like, oh my God, the Vaughn villains are back. You know, it's like, that's great. And there's actual excitement. It's not like John Cena's here tonight. Oh, cool. He's here every night. You know, it, it actually. And then they miss one show and then they come back next week. The return of John Cena. I, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, like the time he got fired and he never left, he just sat in the front row the whole time, <laughs> which was great to see him. Punk just made fun of him incessantly. Um, yeah, it's just like I mean, wrestling shows should be an hour unless you've got like a dynamite writer, then you can do maybe two hours. But like three hours is we've said it from the beginning, it's too much. Uh, we we talked about it initially when when it when it happened. They're like, oh, maybe other guys will get shots, and I'm like, nah, it's just plod, just plods along. Um, so yeah, but NXT, you know, they, they, they do it. And a lot of it is by their format, you know, and I think Triple H knows that and he gets it. And hopefully when Triple H gets in charge, he'll cut that third hour because 
the money better be worth it, guys, because it kills your brand. It kills how enjoyable the show can be. And not well, particularly I mean, enjoyable. you want to talk about mistakes the WCW made, that was one of the things that they did. It was extending Nitro to three hours, and it didn't work out so great for them either. No, it didn't. It was it was bloated and it was it was too long and they couldn't get that frenetic pace that you really need. And I mean, NXT things can breathe. The things can. I mean, the Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens feud has been going on since December. <laughs> it's May, and this thing still feels fresh as anything. Because Sam, didn't it feel like Sami Zayn was off TV for like forever? Yeah, it did. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he was or not, but it was like when he came back, you're like, oh, Sammy, he's back. And you're really excited. It's a story. It's an actual story. It's not just like same guys showing up each week and they fight and they're in the same matches and everybody's an idiot. It's it's allowed to breathe. It's allowed to move. It's it's so much better. And I know I'm preaching the choir because everybody thinks this, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Lucha Underground, that's a, that's, they have the same benefit where, you know, uh, it's only an hour long. They don't, you know, overexpose the guys. Not everybody's on the show. Prince Puma is hardly ever on the show. I've noticed that in watching these shows. And he's the the main character. Yeah, and and it's great. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and which, by the way, I actually can have some opportunity to see him live coming up because he's, uh, you know, he's based out of New York, so I, I think I might take advantage of that because uh, he's quite fantastic. But, um, the uh, yeah, I mean, oh, by the way, did you see um, they're redoing the, the temple uh, for season two? I don't, well, I'm happy to hear that they're doing a season two. That's great. Yeah, it's not officially confirmed, but they're, like, saying that, Apparently, sources backstage are saying that it's it's going to happen, but um, it's uh, they're like they, like they're pulling the sets and stuff down. Which part of it could be like, oh, they're 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 ruining it. But you know, I think it's, uh, a lot of people speculate it's just um, they're just redoing it for the second season, so it'll like change constantly. Which I think could be cool, giving a different look for each season. Um, I think that's a good idea. I think it's good for wrestling to have seasons because. It never ends, and somebody made this point, it never ends, and you you can't divorce the stories from each other. Like, you know, if you're watching uh, a TV show, like, people rate them by, like, seasons and stuff. Um, a lot of people feel very strongly that The Wire Season 4 is one of the best TV shows ever. A lot of people feel very strongly The Wire Season 5 is the worst season of The Wire. You can differentiate those. If, like, for instance, Daniel Bryan's August to March was a season. You'd be like, that was a really good season. It ended great. But unfortunately, you can't divorce that from Brian winning the title, going into that awful feud with Kane and getting injured. So there's no way to, like, cut it off and be like, oh, that was a good one. It's just like, oh, remember how it was good and then it got awful? Because that's what always happens in wrestling. It always gets awful, you know? (laughs) It's like (laughs) at some point it's going to get terrible. So... Yeah, I, I think the only ways you can really do that is either do it by year or from WrestleMania to WrestleMania. That's really the only way. And But, you know, that doesn't even work because, like you said, there's no breaks. So it just keeps going. And like you said, sooner or later, things do go south. There's no off season. So. Um, all right. So uh, I think that's it for today. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. 
Uh, it's myself and Patrick, as always. Um, remember, uh, you can favorite us, uh, subscribe on TalkShoe, um, share us on Facebook, on uh, Twitter, everything. Um, we're on thebrainosaur.com now, so please check back. We're going to start having some daily updates and everything, um, but uh, that's going to be our main base for things now. So check that out. We definitely appreciate all your support, and uh, thank you very much for listening. So for right now, for Eric Clancy and Mr. Patrick Kelly, we are signing off.